It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Innovate on Blog Talk Radio. Women Who Innovate bring creative ideas to support the efforts of women to push limits, generate innovative solutions across industry segments, and drive long-term positive changes in gender parity. This show will explore the trends of business innovation today by tapping into those global thought leaders who are disrupting the status quo. Thank you for listening, and please join the conversation by calling in to 914-338-0796 because your ideas have never been more important. This is Leah, and welcome to Women Who Innovate. Today, my co-host is Liz Stuck, the Director of Education for the Healthcare Business Women's Association. Today, we'll discuss the entrepreneurial mindset profile with Dr. Jennifer Hall, what it is, why it's important, and how understanding your own profile or your own self-awareness will help you and your company or your company stay competitive. I actually took the assessment, and she will share my results a little bit later. Jennifer is a board-certified coach and licensed psychologist who works with corporate leaders and business owners to develop those deep insights of individual and organizational dynamics. We also have Jessica Finnick and Julie Kelly both global chairs of the HBA Digital Innovators joining us today. I want to point out that this very topic will be one of three pre-conference workshops at the HBA annual conference in November, November 2nd, in St. Louis. Registration is still open, and Liz will share a little bit more about that later. So thank all of you for joining us today. To put Jennifer in the hot seat, the innovation hot seat, please dial 914-338-0796. Everybody, welcome. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Leah. All right. So listen, we have got a lot to cover today. Before we jump in to the entrepreneurial mindset profile, Jennifer, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and make it exciting. Um, all, all of our listeners, they need a good story. So who are your early influencers in your success journey? Well, my journey started out as primarily academic, so I'm not sure how exciting that will be for our listeners. But um, as a result of that, most of my early influencers were in the academic world. I've got too, too many to mention. But one of them was Dr. Sharon Herzberger. She was one of my professors when I was an undergraduate at Trinity College in Hartford. And she was bright and competent and professional, and she also managed to balance her professional life with raising two young boys. Her artwork was all over her office, I'll never forget. And so she's (laughs) remained a a good colleague and a friend as well. She's now the president at Whittier College out in California. 
And we've known each other so long that a few years ago, she called me up and actually asked me for some coaching advice. So I felt like we'd really come, come full circle there. But because almost everyone I looked up to was a professor and I love teaching, I started my career as a professor at Eckerd College in St. Pete, Florida, with which I'm still affiliated. What I found, though, was that I love the teaching part of being a faculty member, but not the grading part at all. And so luckily for me, Eckerd College has an executive ed arm that is associated with the Center for Creative Leadership. And so they run CCL programs. At the time, it was, gosh, it was over 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to leave my tenure track job and go and launch a coaching, an executive coaching line of business at Eckerd College. And so I did that. And I've been doing executive coaching and leadership training ever since then. And a couple of years ago, I actually went out on my own. I took the leap. <laughs> so now I am, in essence, an entrepreneur working for myself and still doing all those things that I love, but working from home. I love working from home. I love the fact that you're from the great state of Florida as well, right? Yeah, well, from Connecticut originally, but as soon as I got out of school, I moved down here, and uh, then I only accidentally moved out of Florida for one year when I went to a Colorado Springs to work for CCL. <laughs> I forgot how much I don't like snow, so I moved back to Florida. Oh, I know, I know, and everyone on the phone actually um, with us right now, um, they're actually up north, so I try not to talk about what it's like life in Florida in <laughs> December through March. So tell yes. us, Jennifer... What is the entrepreneurial mindset profile? I know when I took my profile, I found it very easy. Um, what, it maybe took me 10, 15 minutes, and I yeah. loved the experience. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad to hear that, Leah. Thanks for saying that. Well, as you said, it is a relatively easy to take assessment. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. You take it online. And the outcome is an individualized report that shows you how you compare to two norm groups, current entrepreneurs and then corporate managers on 14 different aspects of entrepreneurial mindset, such as nonconformity, future focus, and idea generation. Half of those scales are what we consider personality scales, kind of hardwired drivers of who you are and what you do. And seven are skill sets, things that can be learned more easily. Well, um, so is now the time to, should we do this later, Liz? On what might, let's do this at the end. We'll share what my so I won't get disturbed throughout our interview. <laughs> I know, it's hard to wait, Leah. <laughs> let, let me turn things over to you. I know you've got some great questions for Jennifer. Sure. Well, happy to, and thank, thanks for having us here today, Leah. Um, so I would love to ask Jen, what is it about today's business climate that makes having uh, these entrepreneurial mindset mm. uh, skills really so important? Well, that's a great question. I, I think, I mean, anyone who reads the news, you know, can see how much press there is on entrepreneurship and the importance of business ownership in our evolving economy. But there's also a recognition of the critical importance of not only business ownership per se, but the skills and the mindset associated with entrepreneurship. And I think that the ability to learn and adapt and, frankly, even to reinvent oneself will be absolutely imperative, not only for millennials, but for all those of us who want to thrive professionally in the coming decades. And several, several years ago, we were putting together a program on leading for growth. And it occurred to us that an entrepreneurial mindset is probably a very important ingredient for that type of leadership. All of the work that I've done over the years with CCL and with Eckerd College is assessment-based. That is, we always give 
our clients' assessments of their personality, of their approaches. We give them multi-rater or 360-degree assessments so they can see what their colleagues think of, of the impact they're having. One thing we like to say is that prescription without diagnosis is malpractice, right? <laughs> so we, we wanted to find an assessment of entrepreneurial mindset, figuring how can we possibly help someone develop theirs if we don't know what the starting point is. Unfortunately, we couldn't find an existing tool that we thought was of really high quality. So two colleagues and I, Mark Davis and Pam Mayer, we set out to develop one ourselves. It turned out, as do most entrepreneurial endeavors, to be much more involved than we had originally <laughs> anticipated. But, but it's been very, very rewarding. And a couple years into the development, just for kicks, I took the EMP myself. I figured, well, it certainly can't be valid. I've been working on these questions for so many years. But I took it, and I actually really resonated and identified with the results. I had never thought of myself as having an entrepreneurial bone in my body. There are absolutely zero business owners oh. in my family. But lo and behold, I discovered that I was actually quite high on some of the dimensions of entrepreneurial mindset, like action orientation and passion and optimism. And so it was partly due to that recognition that I decided to take the leap myself. And I asked myself the same question that I notice a lot of women who want to start businesses ask themselves, which is, why, why not me, right? Why not mm. me? And so whether you're a corporate leader who wants to tap into her own potential or an existing or would-be business owner, there's plenty of folks who are exploring entrepreneurship, in my mind, the EMP helps you identify and leverage your strengths in entrepreneurial thought and behavior, as well as those areas where you might score a bit lower. So knowing your weaknesses can help you prevent them from becoming actual stumbling blocks in your career. Great. Wow. I um this is, uh, this is Julie Kelly, one of the HBA Digital Innovators, longtime volunteer, and uh, my day job is a VP of Business Development for Ashfield Healthcare. And through, Jennifer, throughout my career, and even as a volunteer of HBA, I've also often been fascinated and intrigued and almost a little jealous of some of the, the ladies, the women in the association that have worked in corporate America and then suddenly start their own businesses. And mm -hmm. I've made some observations about their their common traits, but I'd love to hear what your observations are about women entrepreneurs. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question, Julie. So I think there are hundreds of ways to be an entrepreneur, really. You know, so some of the assessments we found originally on entrepreneurial mindset put you in put everyone into one of four categories or put you on a continuum, just a single continuum, as if you either have it or you don't, right? You are or not entrepreneurial. And our research into entrepreneurial mindset suggested that it's actually multifaceted. So if you can think about the difference between taking an IQ test, which gives you a single number, or a test of multiple intelligences, which rates you on a number of different capacities, the EMP is more analogous to the latter. So you can be an entrepreneur who is really, really great at idea generation, but not so much, much at execution, right? Or mm -hmm. you can be someone who has a deep expertise in your subject area and you decide to go into business for yourself, really tapping into that very specific skill set. So with 14 different scores for everyone who takes the EMP, we can look at lots and lots of different combinations of scores that together kind of determine how your entrepreneurship will manifest itself. One thing I've, I've noticed about women, and Julie, you said you've made some mm -hmm. observations too, so I'd love to hear if you mm -hmm. see it similarly, but I've noticed that a lot of women, once they hit their 40s, they start doubting themselves less. It's, it's as if 
they have now two decades of evidence about their own effectiveness, so they can no longer kind of deny it. It's what I consider relaxing into your strengths. And so for that reason, I think that the combination of kind of a solid record of corporate experience and feeling better about who you are allow women in that age range, 40s, 50s, even 60s, to strike out on their own. So I think that now many younger women, though, more so than when I was in college, certainly, are identifying entrepreneurship as their primary career path early on. And so I think that those women probably need even more support than, uh, than those of us who've been around for a couple decades in the professional world because they're not yet aware of what they're capable of. And sometimes they don't know what they're not capable of either. And support and feedback can be really crucially important to help them with both of those things. Right. I think, um, again, to your point, um, it's interesting that there's now a major in some colleges, entrepreneurship. I know I have a nephew that is in that major. I find that fascinating. But back to what I saw as some of the common thread or traits Mm -hmm. in women entrepreneurs, to your point, great self-awareness. And maybe that does come with maturity. You You know what you are. You know what you aren't. You have a clear vision now of what you want to do. And this constant commitment to, to evolving and not, not being static. And then if I look back at some of my old teams, they, a lot of those folks were great project leaders where they took on and they owned something and made it happen. So there are some observations that I've seen in terms of women who later became entrepreneurs in their careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So, Jennifer, this is Jessica. Um, I'm also the global chair for the digital innovators team within HBA, and also my day job is at AstraZeneca Pharmaceuticals in Wilmington, Delaware, where I'm the global digital governance director. So I am pretty thick in in all things digital um, in my work life and and helping out with HBA. I really enjoyed that comment about relaxing into your strengths. And I even in hearing some of the themes, I could feel that you don't maybe necessarily have to break off away from corporate America job. No. But mm-hmm. you could actually take those strong skills that even Julie were sharing and um, apply them to so many change programs yeah. that we're all part of, which could feel exhausting and <laughs> attacking on us. But it really brings out, if you even, I just have this one mindset of saying something better is to come. So you think that you're in a role and it is wow. the absolute best role for you. But when you have change and the opportunity of change in this entrepreneurial environment, the outcome could be so much more exciting, adventuresome, more risk-taking, which could bring more richness to your career. Absolutely. I I have heard it said, and I absolutely agree, that being entrepreneurial, whether you're inside an organization or outside, is really about seeing problems as opportunities, Mm -hmm. right? And so seeing, seeing something, fixing something for someone, seeing a problem out there in the world, fixing it, or seeing an opportunity to grow in your career, seeing change mm-hmm. as necessary and potentially leading to exciting things, to your point. So that's why we, we talk about it as a mindset. I really think it is. Yeah, that's excellent. So when you think about the profile itself and going through that, what are some of the biggest surprises that you mm-hmm. might have seen over the years? Uh, great question. People, it's interesting because the people I see who are least surprised tend to be the folks who have been entrepreneurs for many years, who kind of felt like they were born to be entrepreneurs, and and they know it well. The people who are surprised are the ones who have patterns of high and low scores, 
that, that can be really interesting, and that's not that unusual to have high and low scores. One thing that surprises some people, I, I would say this is as true for men as women. I, I was wondering if it was just true for women, but I don't think so, is when they see a low score in interpersonal sensitivity. Now, entrepreneurs in general rate themselves as lower on that. So in order to be uber entrepreneurial, if you will, you have to score high on everything else and then low on that one, right? So that's denying that you're super sensitive to other people's feelings. And the reason <laughs> I think so many women, I think, are surprised by their low interpersonal sensitivity score is that many over the course of their careers, having identified that people might see them as abrasive or hard to work with, intentionally enhance their interpersonal sensitivity. And so they're surprised when they see it come out so low, but it's as if a low score and that one has a long shelf life. So if you've ever been told you're abrasive or hard to work with, even decades later, sometimes you're scoring yourself low. So people are surprised by that one. And sometimes it's not mirrored in the perceptions of others. So it's important to get feedback from others on that. Uh, some, some people are surprised that their self-confidence is low because it would not appear to be that way to others. So I've got a client, for example, whose self-confidence is quite low. In this case, it's a, um, a male client, but he's been really successful as an entrepreneur. He's been open five years. He's attracted all kinds of investment funding. He's got almost 15 brick and mortar retail stores for his products. And yet when I look at his EMP score, self-confidence is very low. So much so that people would say, oh my gosh, how can he do this? How can he get up every day and he has everything on the line? Well, in this case, his scores are so high on passion, he's passionate about what he does and what he sells, need to achieve, that is, he wants to be the best, and persistence, in other words, he won't give up, that it almost doesn't matter if he thinks he's, gonna, he's going to succeed or not, he can't not try. So people are often surprised by how their particular pattern of high and low scores plays, plays out. It can be kind of, kind of subtle and nuanced. But mainly, I think, the surprise that's most common and that's most gratifying to, to me, certainly, as one of the authors, is when people recognize strengths that they had not previously identified. So looking at a high score on future focus, for example, can allow women to say, oh, my goodness, I guess I always do ask myself, well, what are, what are the implications five years out if we make this change? What do I want this organization to, be, to look like 10 years from now? And until they see it on paper sometimes, they don't recognize what a tremendous benefit it has given them and can continue to give them, especially if they decide to leverage it very intentionally. So that's the, that's the best kind of surprise I've seen from the EMP. Well, that's amazing. So this is Leah. I just want to let everyone know we have about uh, 17 more minutes, and we have Carol Merchert tweeting. We also have a caller from 203 and a caller from the 508 area codes. So please interject anytime you would like, and let's get back on with our show. Great. Hi there. It's Liz. And, uh, and Jen, I'd love you to talk a little bit more about um, entrepreneurship, a term mm -hmm. that we're seeing more and more, mm -hmm. and particularly how the entrepreneurial mindset profile might help those within companies um, who are moving a particular business line forward or otherwise drawing on these skills. Sure. Absolutely, Liz. Well, we, we have yet to do research to support this, but my anecdotal observation is that entrepreneurs tend to score a lot like entrepreneurs on the EMP, 
with the exception of three of the personality traits. There are, of course, all kinds of variations, so this is a mm -hmm. generalization. But we gave the EMP early on to a bunch of folks who worked for corporation, but who otherwise functioned like independent business owners. Mm -hmm. So they had their own stores. They were trying to grow those stores. They were responsible for the P&L in those stores, but they were low on nonconformity. In other words, they didn't need to stand out necessarily mm -hmm. as much as business owners. They were low on preference for limited structure. In other words, they found structure, parameters, guidelines, processes to be helpful as opposed to interfering with their creativity. And they were also low on independence. And being low on independence on this measure simply means you can accept direction from people in authority and you like working as part of a team. So in this case, it made sense to me that these were folks who functioned a lot like entrepreneurs. They were passionate. They wanted to excel. They moved quickly. They were persistent. But they really liked being part of a structure, a corporate structure, with all that that entailed. But what, how you express entrepreneurial mindset within an organization will depend on your own profile. I'll give you one more example. Mm -hmm. I worked with a client once who was in a large multinational um, information services organization and he well he came through a leadership program and he took the EMP and he'd been feeling very stuck at work very unappreciated by his boss not sure where he was going and he was really doubting himself and when he took the EMP he was able to see that his score on idea generation was extremely high his oh. score on future focus was extremely high, and his score on execution was very low <laughs> compared to both oh. norm groups, right? Not just corporate managers, mm -hmm. but compared to both norm groups. And it was like a revelation for him because he realized, okay, this is my current set of skills. I get a lot of energy from engaging in those activities. Could I be better at execution? Well, maybe if I put a lot of energy into it, but that's not a natural strength. So instead, I wonder if I can't find a better fit for myself within the organization. He had a boss who was very transactional who would say to him, can you just do one thing at a time? <laughs> and, and that just wasn't how his mind worked. So mm -hmm. it was not a great fit. So when he went back to the organization, in fact, I just got an email from him the other day, he has been able to leverage his strengths, talk to the people who can appreciate the strategic leadership that he has to offer so naturally. And he said he's gotten about one promotion a year ever since. And more wow. importantly, he's much happier. Wow. And he feels like he's contributing in a way that's much more true to who he is. Wow. I can absolutely see the value based on what you're talking about of understanding, and I love that term, how your entrepreneurship manifests itself. Because there are so many ways, it sounds like, and unique patterns to take in context with, I would guess, your current situation and where you might want to go in the future as well. Exactly. So what I do with clients is I invite them to identify their two or three key strengths in entrepreneurial thought and action and think very intentionally about how to apply those to the pursuit of whatever their most cherished goals are, professionally and in some cases personally. Knowing that not the, the same role, the same position, the same industry, the same space isn't right for everyone. So think about how you are going to get what is most important to you using your existing strengths. Great advice. I can't, I can't wait to talk to you about the results of mine as well. We'll do that <laughs> on there. <laughs> I tell you, it was great. So let's stop for a second and let's ask um, our new callers from area code 508 if you would like to ask Jen or any of our panelists a question. Caller from 508? 
Yeah, hi, this is Anne Camille Talley. Anne! Hi, I'm sorry I'm late, and so I'm still a bit lost. I missed the whole introduction, so um, I'm happy to just listen, if I may. Okay, sure, and the 203 area code. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great. Uh, I should know how to use this. This is Kelly Connors. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. I wasn't sure how quiet I was typing away while listening. Um, actually, I, I think this whole concept is really interesting because we normally associate entrepreneurship with a small business or mm-hmm. independent consultancy, and I love that you're connecting entre- you're connecting the mindset with it because uh, corporations cannot afford to not be entrepreneurial. Right. Just that they may not use the language that we're normally used to hearing uh in the in the small business or in the uh in the uh you know consultant world so there's it's it's almost a different language but it's yeah. the same idea exactly yeah and when we break it down we say okay forget this word entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. let's look at the scales and let's look at their definitions is it important for your leaders to focus on the future is it important for them to generate new ideas to be great at execution to show persistence to make decisions quickly to want to be the best is that important <laughs> and then they'll say oh yes yeah. and you know if you use the word innovation they like that better too but yes entrepreneurial sometimes scares them off but interestingly i'm seeing more and more organizations who are explicitly recognizing the importance of acting like an entrepreneur within the business but it's it's been slow for sure and you'd think that that would be very intuitive for a CEO to want to hire someone who would uh, view and uh, contribute to their organization like they owned it. Right. I, I just, to me, that would seem very normal um, mm-hmm. and advantageous and competitive um, for, to hire entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. I, I couldn't agree more, <laughs> and I think that's true of the more enlightened leaders who understand that when you have highly motivated people and you reward them and you allow them to capitalize on their own strengths, they're more likely to stay. They hear the word and they sometimes get worried about people leaving, but of course people are more likely to leave if they're not appreciated for who they are and what they have to offer. So I, I also think, so Kelly Connors was the one who just asked you that last question, and she's getting ready to launch a business. So, oh, Kelly, great. you have to take this um, profile. It is absolutely amazing. So just want to. I will. Uh, I was just out. looking online for that, so I'm definitely going to take the profile. I, I find that in spirit I'm an entrepreneur, but you know what? There's, some, <laughs> there's probably some characteristics that are, are more uh, data-oriented than just the feeling of being an entrepreneur because I put myself in the, that situation quite often. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to take the uh, – I'm definitely going to take the profile. Good. <laughs> Hopefully there's not a disconnect between <laughs> what I've been doing. And this doing is really – I'm afraid to take the profile because I might find out that I'm abrupt. Only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I want to hear that anymore. <laughs> hey, you get to answer the question, so, you know, just keep that in mind as you're responding. <laughs> I just lie, I'll lie to myself on the assessment. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Carry on. <laughs> No, Julie, no, you need to be self aware. <laughs> That's the whole point. Okay. What I, I thought I just was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me flip things back over to Liz and, and uh, see where we are, Liz. 
Great. So uh, I don't know if we want to uh, to sum up a bit and talk a little bit about these, um, uh, how you can find out more, uh, especially with regard to uh, our upcoming conference, or Julie or Jessica, if you have any final last-minute wrap-up questions before we do that. I actually do have one. Okay. Um, Please. Jennifer, you know, what kind of advice would you give today to today's entrepreneurs? Mm. Like someone like my nephew who's majoring on in it in college. Yeah. In fact, there are there are tons of kids majoring in entrepreneurship who are taking the EMP now. That's one of our biggest markets. We didn't anticipate wow. it. It kind of makes sense when you're starting out to understand what the starting point is. But what I would say is um, our jokes about self-awareness aside, mm-hmm. you know, know yourself, prepare yeah. thoroughly. Uh, you're going to have to take the leap sometime, but do as much homework as you can. Be prepared to act quickly without all the information, but have prepared as much as you can. Line up your support. Support is critical. And be ready to pivot. So what you, the opportunities you find out there might be different than what you had in mind originally. And persistence is good, but not blind persistence if you're going um, in a wrong direction. And then look at problems as opportunities. Great advice. Wonderful. Jessica, any any final questions on your part? No, I think it was great. Great uh, flow of the conversation. Wonderful. Um, then I, what I'd love to share with uh, today's viewers is, um, is some more information about conference and about this and our other pre-conference seminars. So um, for folks like Kelly, uh, who may have already registered for the conference, which is November 2nd through the 4th in St. Louis, um, if you've already registered for conference and are interested in adding this seminar to your agenda, um, here's what you do. Email info at hbanet.org with this request. And we want you to do that because as a conference registrant, you will get a special price if you add on this or one of our other pre-conference seminars. And for those uh, who might not be able to attend the conference but would, would like to take the seminar, so I'm thinking perhaps of some of our viewers who are in the St. Louis area, a registration for this and our other pre-conference seminars by themselves will open up on our website on Friday, September 23rd. And the HBA website is www.hbanet.org. And in addition to this session, which is P1, and uh, it is on um, uh, activating your entrepreneurial mindset, we have a pre-conference seminar on confidence when it counts, and one on building relational capital. So some great choices, I think, for those who want even more content as part of their conference experience in St. Louis. So hope that's helpful. Well, thanks, Liz. And you know what? It's always so great that, that you've done such a, a wonderful job of tapping into the different strengths of, of women leaders. So I'm looking forward. In fact, I'm going to sign up for your class, Jennifer. Okay, Jennifer, the time has come. Tell us about my results, good and the bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I never like, determined I should have lied here. <laughs> like, like a true psychologist, I'm not going to tell you if they're good or bad. I'm going to ask you how you feel about them. <laughs> but in, um, in all seriousness, your scores are at or above the entrepreneurial mean on everything, which means that you probably thoroughly identify as an entrepreneur. My guess is that you have always um, behaved like an entrepreneur. You feel happiest when you work for yourself. You also have a high score on interpersonal sensitivity. So although that's not 
you don't score in the entrepreneurial direction in that one. It is a strength, I think, because it's high and can obviously serve you very well. So I would ask you, looking at your results, Leah, which one of these very high scores could potentially, just hypothetically, be overplayed at some time, and what would that look like with you? Well, I'm wondering about the sensitivity, actually, because I, I work on that. I actually work on that because I think entrepreneurs or innovators, I tend to see myself as an innovator, is think ahead, like way ahead. I, I always score high on future think, and and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the one. Although I always work on that personally. With mm-hmm. people to be well, yeah, and that's that's why that one appears in the skill um, category as opposed to personality category because we can make changes in it. So interpersonal sensitivity, when it's high, can be overplayed in that when you own your own business, you sometimes have to make very hard decisions. So in a corporate setting, if you have someone on your team who's not a great performer but you like them personally, you can – keep them on, you can try to develop them, coach them, and in fact, it may be better for your reputation, right, to be seen as someone who nurtures and develops people, but if you just have two or three employees, it's your own business and someone's underperforming, (laughs) you're likely to be a little bit more task-oriented when deciding whether to keep that person on the payroll. So there are different implications for being more and less sensitive, depending on your environment, but when people have particularly high scores, what they can find is it can be hard for them to make tough decisions. So that's what interpersonal sensitivity might look like overplayed. And one thing I'll just add really quickly is that everyone who, I don't know if you noticed this, Leah or Liz, but everyone who takes the EMP finds a link on the final page of the report to a development guide. And in the development guide, you can read more thorough descriptions of what high scores look like, what a particular scale looks like when it's overplayed. And then for those who score low on things and you want to work on those, some, some very practical suggestions for doing so. So you know, Jen, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you mentioned that um, because, as as part of the conference, I know what uh, what you and the other presenters will provide is obviously the folks registered in this session take the entrepreneurial mindset profile before they arrive in St. Louis. But you have some really robust handouts and tools that they get back in addition to the results. So very cool. Yeah, exactly. And right now, um, Ecker College is working on a video that will allow people to kind of debrief their own results, which is wow. the next best thing to talking with someone live to do it. Terrific. Thanks. And Thanks for sharing that. One thing that did shock me was my score on execution was 4.2, but then right next to it, I have Idea Generation 5 yep. and then uh-huh. Self-Confidence <laughs> 5. And it looks like I took a dip in execution. I, I do execute all the time. So that was the one big shock, mm. and then my um, 4.2 on sensitivity. So anyway, this is well, good. Yeah, and those, those patterns are interesting. Even though you're above the entrepreneur norm on both idea generation and execution, it's interesting to see that one is quite a bit higher than the other because that suggests some behavioral patterns that if you were given your choice, of brainstorming or executing, you'd probably brainstorm. But because oh, you are effective, yeah. you recognize you've got to do it all. Mm. <laughs> you know? mm. Oh, I would. I like nothing better than particularly to be with everyone here on the phone with a glass of wine after seven o'clock. <laughs> We've been known to do that. <laughs> we don't measure that it, one, but <laughs> that's when the true innovation begins with yeah. wine mm. after the after the program. So I can't wait. Yeah. EMP two point <laughs> 
We want to thank our listeners and particularly the panel, everyone that came. And, and Kelly, good luck with your business. You have to take this. Um, but Jen, before we close up, how do we follow you? What, what's your Twitter handle? How do we find you on LinkedIn? Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. Well, first of all, before I even share that, if anyone wants to actually, if you're not coming to the conference, if you're coming to the conference, we'll send you a link and we will hold your results until you get there so we can have a big reveal. But if you're not coming to the conference and want to take the assessment, that website is emindsetprofile.com. And to follow me, I think you can find me on LinkedIn. Jennifer and Hall are both such common names. But I think if you just Google Jennifer Hall, executive coach or entrepreneurial mindset, you should find me on LinkedIn. And my Twitter handle is um, at Dr. Jen Hall, D-R-J-E-N-H-A-L-L. And thank you so much for having me today, Leah. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and all of you ladies. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for, for everybody you. and, of course, the HBA and everyone's looking forward to the annual conference. And, Liz, thank you for co-hosting today. Um, please stay tuned as we bring you more pre-conference workshop leaders. And also, if you're a woman whose mission is um, to grow and to activate your career, um, please consider joining the HBA. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Leah. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.